morning. Good morning. That's so nice of you. <laughs> hey, if you don't know, my name is Pastor Rachel Parsons. I'm one of the Go Kids pastors here. So shout out to Go Kids. Come on. Um, just want to quickly honor some people in the room. Really, really thankful for Pastor Kirk, Kaylee, um, Pastor Caleb, and his wife, Autumn. It's been a transitional season for me, and you guys genuinely care about me and my journey, and I feel that. And so they are incredible leaders and pastors. Will you guys give them a huge round of applause? Seriously, you guys are awesome. Okay, so I know that it's like pretty early. I'm yelling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wake up. Okay. It's kind of early. It's like 9.30ish. But here's the thing. When I'm up here, I don't want to just be like, meh, 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 talking your ear off. Okay. I need some like engagement or what we like to call maybe some feedback. Okay. So I have three options for you guys. You guys are like options? Like I have to? Yes. Okay. So I have three options of engagement. Okay. So if ever <laughs> I were to say anything that you're like, Oh, it's pretty nice. You can say, amen, sister Fran. That's pretty good. Okay. You can say that. Amen, sister Fran. Or just amen, classic, whatever. All right. Second option you have. If anything <laughs> were to be slightly okay, you could be like, that was good. Okay. And you kind of like get a little sass with it. You guys are like, who is this chick up here? I'm not playing games. Okay. The last thing, this is my personal favorite. So you have amen, that's good, or you have come on somebody. Isn't that fun? That's a fun one to say. If you're nonverbal, okay, and you're like, this is making me highly uncomfortable, all I need from you is a head nod. A head nod, just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice. Are you guys ready to practice? Okay. So on the count of three, you get to choose whichever one, and I just need to hear that feedback. Are you ready? Okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Good, we're getting lifted. It's, it's gonna be awesome. All right, so now I just need to know, I'm a kids pastor, so like I said, it's gonna be some engagement. I need to know by show of hands, by show of hands, I'm not gonna expose you, okay? If you have ever been inconvenienced in your life, I want you to raise your hand high in the sky. Ever inconvenienced, whoa. Yeah, it's all of us. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm going to read to you the definition of inconvenience. I think it's, I just thought it was funny. It says trouble or difficulty caused to one's personal requirements or comforts. And I'm like, wow, if we couldn't be more selfish. Interesting. Okay. So I want to tell you just two things that inconvenience me on the daily. Are you ready for them? Okay. So I have two roommates. Shout out to my roommates. They're not in the room, but I love them. One of them is preaching right now. Hannah, you got this. All right. So my roommates are amazing. I'm not going to expose which one, but one of them, do you guys have a Brita? You know what a Brita is, that water thing? Okay. One of them like has to have the Brita always refilled to the top. Okay. And I'm the kind of gal where it's like, we can leave it like halfway. We're good. But if I don't fill the Brita, things get a little heated and we get a little frustrated. For me, it feels so inconvenient to walk over to the sink after every glass of water and I have to refill it. Do you guys ever feel that with just like daily things? Like, why do I have to do this? But you have to do it. The second thing. Oh my goodness. I'm getting heated thinking about dishes. I'm not even a mom, okay? I'm not even a mom. I don't have kids where I have to clean up after them too. I just have to clean up after myself. It's inconvenient. That feels inconvenient. Like, how do I still have another glass to wash? 
Amen, Sister Freya, come on. Inconvenient, are you kidding me? You guys, they're not really inconvenient, it's just a personal thing, you know. So here's the thing is today, we're gonna be talking about a story of someone who had to go out of their way. Maybe their day was a little interrupted or inconvenienced, but it changed everything. So the title of my message today is The Inconvenienced Life. If you're taking notes, fantastic. You can write The Inconvenienced Life. We're going to pray, Jesus, thank you for who you are. I pray that your words, it would be your words and only your words. And I pray that you just soften hearts in this moment right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are in this room. The presence of God is in this room. We love you. We love you. Everybody said amen, sister friend. Just kidding. All right. So We're going to start with some scripture. I love the word of God, so we're going to just dive right in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you guys a story. I'm going to read a passage in the Bible, and then I got three questions for you. Okay, does that sound good? Sound good? Okay, love it. See the engagement. I love that. All right. So if you have your Bible, Luke 10, 25 through 37. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to break it down a little bit. All right? Here we go. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus and... Who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, or otherwise known as a Levite, also walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay for it the next time that I'm here. Now... Which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Now, I don't know if you've heard this story. Maybe you've heard it a hundred times. Maybe this is your first time ever hearing the story of the good Samaritan. I've read it a few times through, but something different, something just hit me a little different this time. So there was a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, and they all have something in common. They all have something in common. They had the choice, they had a choice in front of them that required intention. It, it caused them to think, what do I need to do? I have to be intentional. Am I going to go this way or am I going to go that way? But they all had the same choice. Now, I wonder, and this had me thinking, 
throughout my entire day, how many choices do I have that I have to be intentional, intentional to think, am I going to choose to welcome inconvenience in my life or I'm going to pass by and continue with convenience? This is a question that I ask myself in a season that I'm in that God is stirring in me a lifestyle of inconvenience. So we have three questions that we're gonna, we're gonna take a closer look at these scriptures. The first one is who is my neighbor? That's our first question. Who is my neighbor? I love this. Luke 10, 29. This is the religious expert speaking, okay? He said the man, the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor. Now, this is really interesting because as I was studying the scripture, an expert in religious law means he should probably already know the answers to these questions, right? And he's like, but God, what do I have to do? And who, like, I just think he's a little like snooty, is snooty a word? Can we call him snooty? He's snooty. Okay. So in my mind, he's just kind of like maybe poking a little bit or wanting to puff himself up, make himself look a little better. So when Jesus asks a question, he can be like, well, of course, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, bleh, bleh. I don't have a heart, but fine, you know? He probably had a heart, but I'm questioning it. <laughs> Is that right to say? Whatever, I said it. So anyways, I think it's really interesting that he said he wanted to justify his actions. So he really wasn't looking for a response. He was looking for a way to get out of something, to get out of something, Right? Here's what's crazy is the difference between these people, the expert in the religious law, Jesus's response with this parable and this story is brilliant. It's brilliant because the priest and the Levite are much like the religious leader. They're much like him. He can relate to them, but then you have a Samaritan. And back then, culturally, Jews and Samaritans did not get along. There was, no, there was segregation, right? There's different races that were like, they literally said, as I was studying, that they saw Samaritans as half of a person, that they didn't even see them as a whole person. So the fact that Jesus replied with, and said, a priest came by, a Levite came by and they passed on the other side, but then the despised Samaritan stopped. And I'm sure that the, the religious leader was like, what? This doesn't even make sense. He's not even worthy, right? He's not even, what is he doing? The fact that the Samaritan helped him was significant because Jesus was indicating that our neighbor is everyone all the time. That the people sitting next to you right now, they're your neighbors. They don't live maybe proximity, but everybody that you come into contact with is your neighbor because Jesus made them. He created them in his image. And so he, that is your neighbor. That's my neighbor. You guys are my neighbors. Like, like Pastor Kirk said, we're a team. We're family. So the fact that he was asking, well, who is my neighbor? Jesus already diffused the situation by saying, not just the priest, not just the Levite, but the Samaritan and the man on the side of the road, every single person that you come into contact with is your neighbor. Isn't that cool? We're all neighbors. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, that's a weird word. Um, I love this because we, we don't pick or choose who our neighbor is. God, God already did it. It's all of us. So I have a story. So we're in Go Kids. Shout out. Love Go Kids. I just think kids are hilarious. They're just matter of fact. So we do this thing in Go Kids where you turn to your neighbor and you say, I'm so glad you're here. Then you turn to your other neighbor and you say, you look fantastic. Okay, so we just do like some fun stuff. So I said, all right, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm really glad that you're here this morning. 
And little jabroni, we'll call him jabroni. He was like, um, excuse me, teacher. I was like, yeah. Um, he's not my neighbor. He doesn't live in the house next to me. And I was like, huh, correct. But what was so cool is I, I got down on, that, on, on his level and I said, you know what's crazy? It's actually every single person in this room is your neighbor because God made them. And he's like, really? It's like pretty cool, huh? So that's what's so cool is Jesus has no limits to who he loves or who he's going to stop for or inconvenience himself. So why should we? Why should I ever think, well, eh, not that person, but maybe this person, but eh, eh. no, every single person is your neighbor because Jesus created them in his image, in his image. I love that. So then I ask myself, who's my neighbor and who is yours? Who is someone that feels like they could interrupt your day, that they could frustrate you, that's maybe different than you. Whoa, that's what I think all the time. I'm like, I have to like people different than me? That's crazy. I do. I'm not trying to be any type of way. I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard, right? It's hard. Um, but what if being inconvenienced and interrupted isn't about me? And it never was about me. But being inconvenienced and being interrupted is all about to glorify who Jesus is. And so that people have the opportunity to know that Jesus loves them and they are his neighbor as well. So who is your neighbor? Everybody. I have a picture of my neighbors that I want to show you. I'm proud. I don't know if it's, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Okay. I'm literally going to cry. I'm not. I'm fine. I love them so much. It hurts my heart. Okay. So these, um... These are my neighbors. Woo! Um, and last year, God was asking me, he said, proximity, proximity. Who's in your proximity and who are you loving? If you're on a stage and you can't love the people below you or next to you or to your side, what are you doing? And I was like, whoa, okay, you hit me. And then these guys just come running out. Last 4th of July, I'll never forget it. And I was like, oh, those dudes look so cool. I have to be best friends with them. I have to. And so doing the super creepy thing, I went and bought like Oreos and pizzas and Gatorade. I'm like, I'm going to lure them over. And that is so terrifying. Like, <laughs> it was so funny. The first conversation, I was like, hey, because you have to ask the parents first. You can't just be creepers, you know, even though it's already creepy. And I was like, hey, I'm your neighbor. And they're like, sick. And I was like, um, if your boys ever want to come to my house, they're more than welcome. And then little Joss here, he peeks around the corner. And he's like, dad, dad, can I go right now? Can I go right now? So he comes up to my house. I'll literally never forget that day, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to be inconvenienced. And I knew God was asking me to do that, but it took me a while. It took me a while to say, who is my neighbor and what am I supposed to do with that, right? What am I supposed to do? And it's, inconvenience feels like a negative thing, but it's actually a positive thing. Being interrupted and inconvenienced isn't bad. It's so good because then it gets us off ourselves and, and helps us to see people. We see people then who need Jesus. Now, these boys for five years, we've lived, I haven't lived there, but my neighbors have, they've been praying for them because there's just been some chaos, some yelling, like some normal, I would say normal family dynamics, okay? But we were always praying for them. And then that day that we met, literally it changed forever. These boys started coming to church with us. They came up every single day. Rachel, can we do our soap? Can we read our Bible today? Like out of nowhere. Those three boys got baptized last summer at River Valley, Minneapolis. Yes. Yes. 
They brought their parents to church. Their dad raised his hand for salvation. You see, inconvenience isn't about me. It's about them. It's about our neighbors. It's about the people that are in proximity to you. And it's not about me. This isn't a story to glorify me. It's to glorify who Jesus is. And because I stepped out and said, okay, I'll go this way. I'll be inconvenienced. Their life is different. I'm not saying it's better because I'm in it. It's better because Jesus works and lives through me and they get to experience a little bit of that and now create it for themselves. Every single person you come into contact with is your neighbor. And let me tell you this. When you're like, ugh, I'm inconvenienced, blah, blah. These boys have changed my life. It's not me changing them. They've blessed me more in my darkest days when they come up and they're like, how are you doing today? Can we take a walk? The simplest things. Maybe that's inconvenient for them. <laughs> Maybe I'm inconvenienced. Dang. Never thought of that. Ooh. That's a crazy thought. <laughs> okay. So who is my neighbor? Those are literally my neighbors. I love them. The second question is, how do I treat my neighbors? Luke 10, 27 through 28. I love this. So this is the religious leader. He's answering Jesus' question. The man answered, and this is where he's being a little snooty. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, right. Do this and you will live. Now this verse is mentioned various times throughout the Bible, okay? So it feels pretty important to me. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in two other gospels, Mark and Matthew, that, that exact phrase. It says, with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus' response is fantastic. He says, do it. Do it. And you will live. Do it. And that's something that's been really foreign to me is I have a lot of thoughts, generous thoughts, things that I could do. People that I pass and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should pray for them. Ooh, maybe she looks actually like she's not having a great day at Target. You know what I'm saying? Like the random people that I pass by every single day. But I have to do it. I actually have to pray for that person. I actually have to inconvenience myself. And what's crazy is the Samaritan, the priest, and the Levite, their intentionality and their choice is crazy. It's like mind-blowing to me, okay? Because the priest comes up, and he doesn't just like go around him. No, the scriptures say he goes on the other side of the road. So either way, whether you choose a lifestyle of inconvenience or convenience, you have to choose. There's intention with each decision, right? So the priest did that. The Levite did that, not just, he went on the other side. That just blows my mind. Like he had to take a longer route, a long, I feel like more inconvenient way just to get around that. But then the Samaritan, the least likely. What I love about the Samaritan is he got close to the guy. And I feel like that's what Jesus does with us. He gets close to us. He's in proximity with us, right? He bends down and he starts to take care of him, which is implying to me that he was anticipating interruption. He had bandages, he had oil, and he had wine. Why did he have that? He was anticipating, maybe he was anticipating, maybe I'm going to see somebody in need today. Maybe I'm going to have to do something today to inconvenience and not just pass by, but actually stop in that moment. So how do I treat my neighbor? I think the Samaritan is is the best way, anticipating inconvenience. We can anticipate to serve people every day. And not just, not just our friends or the people we like, but our neighbors. So every single person in proximity with us. 
I think the biggest enemy of living an inconvenienced life is our time. We're constantly racing against the clock. We're trying to drop our kids off at their sporting events. Now, these things are not bad and they're not wrong. And that's not what I'm saying. But is there even time? And this is what I'm challenged with because my schedule feels sometimes full. And so it's like, but Rachel, is there even time if there was an inconvenience, could you stop? Or would you just be like, ah, man, it's running tight today. I can't, I can't help that person. I can't, I can't do it today. Is there even, are you even allowing space to even treat your neighbor in this way? Are you even allowing room for the Holy Spirit to speak and prompt you? I am challenged with that. And this is what I've been walking through these last two years. Holy Spirit, I wanna be inconvenienced. I don't wanna live a life of convenience anymore because Jesus gave me the best example of an inconvenienced life. The best example. I have a story. So I live in South Minneapolis and um, yeah, come on, South. let's go. Love that. Love that. So um, live with my roommates, Katie and Hannah. Love them. Always have to shut them out. So driving, 35, driving, 35. There's a song like that. Okay. So you're driving, getting off 35 and there's like a corner right before we turn left onto our street. And so for like three days in a row, I saw the same lady with like the most, I'm a kid's pastor, the most precious baby. He had to be no more than two months, okay? And it was like the week where it was like 96 degrees every day, like blaring, hot, humid, disgusting, okay? So this is, this is a transparent story for me because I drive by her and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to get out, say hi, hold her baby, which is like also another like super creepy, but it's not, just is what it is, Okay. So I'm like, I just feel like I'm supposed to do that. But what do I do? I drive right by the lady. Have a great day. Peace. Darn. Okay, so then that's, that stuck with me, which when the Holy Spirit speaks to you about something, it's going to stick with you. He's not going to let it go away. You're going to, even if it's just in the back of your mind, it's going to be like, ugh, come on, think about that. So then the next day, she's still there. And I'm like, man, it's hot. It is hot, that poor baby. I need to get them something. What do I do? Drive right by. (laughs) Like, seriously, Rach, come on. And I felt like the Lord said, the next time you see her, you turn around, you go to Target, you get her some stuff, and goodness gracious, stop. I was like, okay, I will. So I went to Target. I was like, that's it. I turned around. I'm getting her diapers. I don't know what size diapers. I don't know anything I'm buying. Some wipes, great, you know. A sun hat. I don't want them to get burned. It was massive on him, by the way. (laughs) I was embarrassed. His whole face was covered. And I was like, "Woo, sorry, guy. So I go back and I, I drive. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm listening. She wasn't there. And I was like, I missed my moment. I missed it. And I said, God, if I'm supposed to give this stuff to her, you're just going to have to let me see her again. So literally two days later, I drive by and I see her. I'm like, that's the girl. There she is. So I like drive by. I, <laughs> I get out of my car. I do. I just, you do. You feel uncomfortable. You feel a little uncomfortable, right? You're like, is she going to think something? And I was like, hey, I know this is weird, but can I hold your baby? She's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, just basically like, I was like, oh, my gosh, a child. He's so precious. So I held him. You guys, I will never forget his face in my whole life. He like, he couldn't stop smiling at me. It was like he had, and this is no disrespect to his situation, but it was like he had never been held with intention. Like he had never been held like, like he wanted to be held. And this is what I'm saying. Inconvenience isn't about me. It blesses me and it reminds me of God's love and and his love for you. Which is insane. Which is insane that he would do this. And this is what I love. The last 
The last point is what is Jesus asking of me in this passage? The coolest thing about researching the book of Luke is his language is what they call universal. And he, he wanted to reach both Jews and Gentiles. He, didn't, he wrote in such a way that all could understand. Now, I'm not saying that the other gospels didn't, but he was a little bit more intentional about the way that he wrote so Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles could understand what Jesus was about to do. And I love this about Luke because it's all inclusive. This, this, the gospel is all inclusive. It's not picky. It's not choosy. It's not for the lame and the poor and, and then for nobody else. No, it's for every, it's for rich people. It's for people that feel like they have it all together. People that maybe don't have it all together. So I'm like, what is the Lord asking of me? And what is he asking of you? What I love about this story is I just want you to know today that if it would have been you laying down, Jesus would have never passed by you. He would have inconvenienced himself a million times for your life because you are created in the image of God and he loves you. And I'm so thankful for who Jesus is that he gives us his word and gives us examples of how we can do this and be Jesus and show Jesus to others that we walk by every day. So who is your neighbor? How are we supposed to treat our neighbors and what is God asking of you? And this is my challenge today. Just like he re replied, right, so do it. That prompting that you've been feeling, that person that's in your mind right now that you're thinking of, that person on the side of the road that you keep seeing, do it, do it. Because you will be so blessed by a lifestyle of inconvenience because there is one that inconvenienced himself for you, for you. And I'm challenged today challenge today to not just think, not just think, but to actually start doing. Who is my neighbor? How do I treat this? And the coolest part, you guys, what is God asking of me? That's what you and God get to have a conversation about. That isn't for me to tell you, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. No, you, God's going to speak that to you through his word, through this passage, because that's, that's who God is. And he's going to do it exactly in the way that you need it. He's not going to force your hand. God is so gracious and kind He's just gonna do it with you. He wants to journey it with you, loving people who, who, who are your neighbors who might be an inconvenience. But I wanna challenge you today to live a lifestyle of inconvenience. Romans 13, eight, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this story. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you inconvenienced yourself, that you died on a cross for every single person in this room and outside of this room, Jesus. Thank you that you did that and you rose again, Jesus, so we could be in eternity with you. We love you. We ask, I ask that I would begin to live a lifestyle that is inconvenienced, that I would open my schedule, I would open my hands, my heart, my feet. Direct me in any way, Jesus. We love you. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.